G'day T-Bangers, it's Will. Look, I won't take up too much time. This is an episode that Charlie and I recorded in uh, late January. It's a brand new episode for you guys. Uh, it's TOEFOP episode 101, but yes, we did record it in January. And we joke about how bad I am at putting up episodes at the start of this episode. So I like to think that that's just a really, really, really good setup for a joke. Okay, I'm terrible, but I'm going to get better and I'm going to try to put up all the old episodes that I can find and then we can get in real time. I've got some good brand new ones coming up as well. Troy Kinney, uh, who's a first time guest, Charlie, but did a really brilliant job and has some funny stories to tell. And I've got a new one with Dave Anthony, guest Charlie number one, coming up very soon as well. Okay, quick plugs. Here's all you need to know. Uh, firstly, if you like uh, Tofop, Fofop, uh, Willosophy, or That's Awesome, Charlie's podcast, then please rate them, write a review about them, pass them around. Uh, all those sort of things. The more you can do to spread the word, uh, we always uh, genuinely appreciate it. Uh, secondly, here's some gigs I've got coming up. On uh, Friday, May the 15th, I'll be at the Melrose Improv in LA doing set list with Emo Phillips, uh, TJ Miller from uh, Silicon Valley, and uh, which is a great show, by the way. If you haven't checked out Silicon Valley, it's definitely... You know, like it, it, t- finds a, it takes a while to find its feet, but man, it's just getting funnier and funnier week by week. Uh, and Eliza Skinner, who's one of the most brilliant set list performers I've ever seen. Uh, I, free will, I've got some tour dates coming up. I will be in London for two weeks at the start of June, including a live a faux fop live from the UK. Uh, Felicity Ward's already in and we'll get some other guests for that as well. So that's going to be on the June the 6th. But my shows there are the first two weeks at the Soho Theatre. Then I'm also doing Free Will in LA on July the 11th at uh, Nerd Melt, uh, out the back of the Meltdown comic book shop. And uh, that will be free uh, when the link comes up. It'll be one of those ones where you just have to register to make sure you get a seat. Uh, but it will be free to come to that show. And then uh, I will be doing Free Will in Montreal. It's not free there, but it will be inexpensive. Come out and see the show if you're at Just for Laughs in Montreal. Uh, after that, uh, the weekend, I think, of 6th, 7th and 8th or something like that of August, I will be at the Enmore Theatre in Sydney doing the shows. And then uh, the weekend of the 10th of October, I will be in Perth doing the shows. And that's the rest of the Free Will Tour. So um, uh, come and check out one of the shows if I'm in your area. Uh, apart from that, what do I need to tell you? Okay, LA Podcast Festival. Charlie and I will be doing TOEFOP. I will be flying in because I'll be at home doing Gruen at the time. But we are flying in the weekend of the 18th, 19th and 20th, I think it is, of September, is LA Podcast Festival. It's going to be massive this year. This is going to be the biggest year ever. If you've not got along yet and you've been wanting to get along, this is the year to come along. LA Podcast Festival. Uh, all right, look, I'm not going to bang on too much. There will be a new T-shirt. James is working on a new T-shirt and poster for the UK live show. Uh, so if you could uh, buy that and support that, that's a good way to support the podcast. And uh, Charlie and I are going to use that money to fly over to LA to do the podcast festival. So we always put any money we earn straight back into the podcast. All right, guys, look, that's enough from me today. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Charlie. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. That's awesome. Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman like usual. <laughs> World was life. It's free, you know. I traveled through time. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie. G'day, mate. It's good to see you. Since I'm not seeing you in a little while. Pre Christmas. Since the hundredth. Yes. Which finally went up. Yes. 
our Christmas episode finally went up on January 21. So I um I got a final bill from the transcription company. Oh, how, the, how much did it cost us? Do you really want to know? Yeah, of course I do. And so does everybody listening. That's a big shout out to Melissa, the stenographer. Yeah, yeah. So It um, was a great sport if you've not listened to the episode yet. So look, I don't know how much stenography costs. Like, you know, I've hired um, film crews before, so I've got an idea of how what those jobs, what, what a freelancer uh-huh. in that industry costs. Yeah. Um, so when they sent me the bill, I said we needed someone for a, like a two-hour show. Sure. So they sent someone that they got to pay for a minimum of three hours because it was a Sunday. I think there's a 25% bump. Right, sure. $550 for Melissa for the three hours. Okay, like, well, that's not too bad. Yeah, and I said, okay. $500. Yeah. We're still paying for stenography, not for pornography. <laughs> That's the world that we live in. Pornography is free. Stenography still costs. <laughs> so I thought that's, okay, that's fine. I thought, yeah. all right. So um, I went ahead and I paid that amount and then she sent me a second bill. Oh, hang on. And I said, I'll follow up bill. I said, what's this for? And she's gone, well, no, that was the deposit. There's an extra like 150 or, or something that had to go on for, to, just to get on. There's, there's another fee, right? For extras. Did yeah. we get extras? Then. <laughs> Did we get stenography? Then extras? I got sent another. Did you go to the champagne room? <laughs> no. With our stenographer? I, I, I didn't go to lap dance. No. <laughs> but there was another bill and that bill, it said, this is, we haven't calculated what this one's going to be. This will be based on how many pages we end up having to transcribe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so so they, but they, charge an extra, us- they charge an extra $15, right? Per page that they have to transcribe on top of the 500 and the extra hundred. So. But that's, we haven't even ordered it. Oh, but I guess we need one copy, right? Yeah. yeah okay. So yeah. how many pages? No, I think if you're hiring a transcription company, right. The yeah, are you paying you per page regardless? Pay, yeah. You can't yeah. just hire someone to record something for you. You just get a... <laughs> Otherwise, you just get us, and we cost nothing, as people know who listen to this free podcast. That is a good point. Sorry, I hadn't really thought through the business model. So I was like, okay, and I, and I said, well, if we're doing a one-hour show, yep. and she was like, we'll probably do like 10, 15 pages. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's a, what's an extra 150 bucks. Yeah. We did 37 pages. <laughs> Gotta shut up. And I don't think it was because the show was she now double space. We talked so fucking fast. No, it is dense. Like it is dense. And the hilarious part is, like Melissa, when she did it, she was um, listening. You know, so she was transcribing on stage, but she yep. also had transcribing live. And she also had a like a dictaphone, so she yep. record it and then go back. Kind and of like how David Getter will. Uh... <laughs> What? Oh, you know, like those DJs, the big DJs. Like these days, like they really aren't DJing that much live on stage. They've just got a USB yeah, stick. Right. Yeah, like, you right. mean, they're, they're up there, yeah. but they're checking their emails and shit. The weird thing. So is- Melissa like was there looking like she was, yeah. but essentially she just recorded it on her iPhone. And then later on, she typed it. For anyone who wasn't at the live show, uh, Melissa came out wearing a silver space uh, robot helmet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows the identity of Melissa. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome if Daft Punk, yeah. that she actually was in Daft, Daft Punk. Punk? Yeah. They just thought it would be, they just thought, they thought that wouldn't be a crazy stunt to send someone in to record. Maybe what she recorded is going to be in the new Daft Punk album. Right. No, 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 no. I, I like the idea that Daft Punk get in, get her in to like do her job, to transcribe every Daft Punk performance, even though each of their songs have about four lyrics <laughs> and they're just repeated over and over and over I'll again. I'll what, they're not paying fucking $15 for 37 pages <laughs> per page. So what is the maths on that? How much money did we lose on this show that I sold think out? I think all said and done, it'll be about 1200 bucks. Oh, my God. We are going <laughs> to lose this, money on this, this show. In joke. So then I'm like, because I had this plan that we yeah. could do like a limited run of right. like 
books. Okay, so, so you could it, buy the show. What's our force bill for that? What, how much does that cost? <laughs> I don't know. Like, we haven't a, a sentence and started hell. rolling and reckoning the cost. And then I started thinking, well, maybe, because I don't want to charge it's like too a much. pyramid. Like, scale. in my mind, I thought it'd be like five bucks. I thought that would be a fair price to for buy. To buy like a, a the, page. No. The whole thing. Don't, is five bucks too little? I don't know. How much does it cost us? Because in uh, this fucking yeah. imagining this world, is why we're world of stenographers, where apparently we've ticked the box and every two no, no, months no, they no. send us a new fucking bill. No, so they're not going to send us any more bills. Once we pay the like 1200 bucks, we have oh, that's the transcription. We've got the transcription. But what I'm saying okay. is then we want to publish it into a limited yep. edition book. So we have to contact a book plate making place are they is that a book a plate making place <laughs> are we putting them on plate are we place ringing are we rigging wedgewood are we getting like is this like the royal no teapot or anything not plates. no okay no. sorry what do just, you what do we need we just need a book making place a place where they make books yeah like publisher a publisher but i'm right. assuming now it's easy to print books like on the internet and stuff is that, it must is be that surely surely we don't that's know that thing. <laughs> i don't know we barely know how to do this <laughs> We got into this stenographer, man. So my idea is that we print off, say, I don't know, like a hundred. Do you think that's okay, that's sure. a good number? Well, I mean, we have to make some fucking money back so, on the stenographer. So, but if we make a hundred and only charge five bucks, that's only five hundred bucks. So we still haven't paid for the stenography. So I, no, but we should sign them. Can we sign them? Do you think we'll get? Does them that first? add value? <laughs> Because <laughs> we could sign send them, back you but then we probably have to send them as well. So then we have to add postage and handling. Like it has to be like you know plus postage and handling. I guess you know what. Here's what we should do. What should we do? Because we can be puss. Have we these can be- meetings off air. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we have could- these meetings before we hire stenographers. <laughs> we could be total puss holes uh-huh. and just cut our losses and just say like, okay, we we're just gonna we're just gonna take the hit. Because we don't know how much it's going to cost us in the future and if people are going to buy it. Okay. Or. Or. I don't know. Or we go fuck, or we go the other way. What's that? All in. Well, yeah, he's we just we fucking do. go all in. Here's what, what we do. Oh, do okay, what if we me. take a survey? What if we just on the Facebook people, let us know if you would buy. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea, actually. We do because actually. Then we know. That's we actually, have the capacity. This is what we should have done <laughs> at the very beginning. Here's our stupid right, idea. That's a good point. But no, we'll we'll put a post on the Facebook page. And yeah. even if you don't normally visit the Facebook page, can you visit the Facebook page yeah. and let us know? And we'll put a little like poll there and you can tell us. And if we could get at least oh, a poll, that's a good idea. Right. But then we have to sell 100 at 12 bucks each. Well, hopefully. we'll work out. How about this? Tell us if you would actually buy one. Yeah. Right. And, and then, how much you're willing to pay. And how much? No. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say we'll work out. Like how many people are? Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. Okay, tell us if you are willing to buy one and how much you're willing to pay. Yeah, and then we'll work out if we can actually make it financially. Because that might be the most. Would you like to buy a book of a thing you can listen to for free on the internet? How about this? How about this? This is probably the most. But equ- maybe we could sign it, and maybe we get Foz to do a couple. I've got or a better something. idea. Okay. This is the most equitable, most equitable way to do it. Uh-huh. Is that we start a Kickstarter fund, right? Uh-huh. So we say if we get to this amount to cover our cost for the book, right. We will send everyone who kicks in money. So that way someone can chuck in three bucks, someone can chuck in 20, someone can chuck in $2, and then we have a register of everyone who donated, and then we get to that mark, it gets sent out. How's that? I don't like to just use Kickstarter for everything. Well, is there an is there a similar... But as in, like, not just Kickstarter. I mean, let's go on the Facebook page first. All right. Let's see that. Let Just tell us if you would, like, you know, buy one to support our stupid joke. <laughs> And then we'll work out how we do it. 
Because we're also going to have to work out like what, what it about- costs us to get the people to make them. Yeah. Because you haven't taken that into account. At the moment, no. you were just like, oh, yeah, these this people... May are- this, the, this, this, this may run up into the thousands. You're like this book publisher company on the internet and just going to do it for free because your maths was reliant on the fact that you were going to charge $5 and we were keeping all the profits. You hadn't taken into account postage and handling or the fact that it's going to cost us to get the things printed in the first place. No, no. Um, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> Because the first, do you remember the first round of merch we did? We the, the it was the Last Supper poster and the T-shirts. So just the plain original logo, Tofop Tees, right? Yes. <laughs> you made it to cut. You that could have course. just. You could have just kept going then. <laughs> you could have assumed that I nodded rather than the fact of like waiting for me to have to answer in that pause. I will forget to cut that out. <laughs> um, when I did that merch, it was the biggest pain in my ass that I've ever been through. It was right before Christmas. It was only like, I don't know, maybe, I think it's like 300 orders, maybe 400 orders of t-shirts and posters. But I was running that out of my living room. It was so fucking hard. I don't actually know. I mean, you work with Estoy Merchandise, right? I'd like to ask people a little bit about the merch because I love making the merch and yep. I think we've made some really cool shit. Like, in fact, I think that some of the Tofop shit is some of the coolest like podcasts, like, you know, merch and stuff out there. But, um, because the Australian dollar's gone to shit mm. and because it costs so much, particularly most of our people are in Australia, I won't even ask people, like, do you want us to do merch for a while or should we be taking a break? Because we don't really make much money out of it for the podcast. No. Like, we kind of run it as just, it's like, we, it, we're, we're happy if we don't, like, lose money from doing the yeah. merch. We just like you to be able to have shit. And it's it was lovely to go to my shows and see yeah. so many people wearing the t-shirts and stuff like that. But, but or, or it pays for stuff that goes back into the show. Like, for instance... That first merch round we did is what got me to LA to be able to do LA Podfest. Right. So it's not like, you know, we're going out and buying mint coats. <laughs> no, we're not. I wouldn't anyway. No. Because A, I wouldn't look good in a mint coat. But secondly, I'm vegetarian yeah. and anti buying mint coats in general. Yeah, we and just. Thirdly, we will never make enough money from podcasting <laughs> to buy, afford a mint coat. I just wear. What does a mint coat go for, do you reckon? What, what does a mint coat cost you? I, off the top of my head, I'd say three grand. Yeah, right, minimum. We've never made three grand out of this podcast. No way. <laughs> we couldn't have a mint coat between no, us. No, the only, the only coat I have is made of dead possums. <laughs> I don't actually have a coat made of dead possums, in case anyone's wondering. I gave you the room then. That's why I was pausing then. I was giving you room to retract that statement. <laughs> it was a legal little space that I was giving you. Uh, yeah, so, well, that, you know... So we did that. So that was the last time that we talked. What have you been doing since then? What's been going on in... Well, hang on. Before we move on. So oh. we're going to leave it as... Let's just do a poll. If you think you'd like to buy this book. So essentially what it will be... Right. Is a transcription of our 100th show. Yep. Recorded live at the Comedy Store with John Deeks. Um, we will sign it. Well, yes, hopefully. If, if we if we could get it done in a way that we could order a certain amount. Yeah. You know what? Adam's... Maybe I should ask Adam Spencer because he oh, self-published he his book. Oh. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, oh, that's great because he can work out how much we need to spend. He's a guy who can do the math. He's a double threat in this situation. Spence, if you're listening, we need you to do the math. Right. I, yeah, I'm literally going to get math, Is it math involved. math or maths? I never know. Uh, to both. We're going to get him to do the math and then we're going to get him to double check and do the math. Yeah. And then if we need to, get him to do the mathematics as well. We yes. don't give a shit. Just yeah. fucking check it out. Yeah. And he self-published his book, his big book of numbers, which went really well. So maybe he can give us some clues. Yes. I feel like we might need to get some Asian people involved. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Well, don't say, oh, really? Like, that's oh, no, a I thought you meant like Lawrence Long. You want him to write the forward or something like that. No, no, no. I mean more like I think we have to get it offshore. We, oh, might, right, we right. might need to ruin the Australian publishing industry to get it at an affordable price. There might be some poor child in China oh, repeating this nonsense for oh. us. Can you imagine? But imagine it goes over there and we become a phenomenon in China. That's a market you want to tap into. Have you seen, have you seen anything of K-pop? Do you know what K-pop is? Uh, Gangnam Style. Yeah, well, and hardcore, and, and K- hardcore K-poppers would say yeah. that's a fucking sellout. That's, a, that's not K-pop. K-poppers. Man. That's not real K-pop. My niece yeah. is way into it. I, I'm starting a new podcast, K-pop. <laughs> it's a Korean version. <laughs> it's a Korean version. The Korean version becomes really, really popular because people, that's where we become popular. Yeah. <laughs> we become popular in Korea because yeah. people are searching for K-pop and they keep like miss they, they they just make little stumbles on their keeper and it comes up as K-pop <laughs> and then they're just like they're really into my podcast and I become a massive star in That's Korea. Excellent, I want to do that as well. The, the way it would only work. The thing about K-pop bands is they're boy bands, but sometimes they'll have up to twenty members and they'll all like dance in unison. So it's like a boy band. But it's, it's me, this- Adam Hills, Dave Thornton, <laughs> that guy from the Socceroos that looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't all look the same, Will, you racist. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, but in my band, they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, your, that's your angle. <laughs> that's my hook. That's actually a good idea. <laughs> a band of guys who all sort of kind of look like <laughs> right. each other, but yeah. they're not related. Imagine how much better NSYNC would have been if it was uh, Justin Timberlake and then four other guys who looked like just... Like the Warburgs, basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if, like... There must be a band like that. Aren't the fucking... Um, the Jonases. Yeah, no, I was thinking, what's that rock and roll band? They used to Hanson. be in the Bible Belt? No, they're serious. Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon. Aren't they all brothers? Or no, from a, a cult cousin. or something? Huh. There's a cousin involved as well. What about um, that... The follow Will. Who are those? The Corey. Which name. I think is a great name. <laughs> I was going to say... Follow that, Will. That'll be one of my, that'll be one of my show titles. Say, who's that band that all look the same? The sisters. Corey. No, Haim. Haim. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I'm like, Corey? The Corys, right? <laughs> You know the Corys. Why'd you name yourself after that guy? Right. Um, but they all kind of look, they're all a similar looking kind of chick. And it is a bit eerie when you watch it. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. People who look the same. Yes. The Proclaimers. When will they be famous? Like, when will they be famous again? That's what they should. <laughs> that should be the new song. When, yeah. will, we, when will we be famous again? <laughs> <laughs> and you redo the original music video, right. but they're all like overweight right. stuff. Yeah, but you get a rapper in just to do the agains. So and? like it's it's Bros and Jay Z because yeah. this is how they come back. Yeah. So it's like yeah. So so when will I will I be famous? I got nine and nine bums, but a bitch ain't one again. Yeah. Like he just does <laughs> again, again, again. Like yes. you know. Yeah. yeah that yeah. would be it. Yeah. Ross and Jay Z. When will I be famous? Brackets again. Oh, fuck my. I, we had that Bross album. My sister was a massive fan of Bross. Were like a a British pop band in the late eighties. Two blonde androgynousy kind of brothers. brothers. One was a drummer. Luke and name Bross. Goss? Goss. Luke and Matt. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Luke right? and Matt. I believe. And then a guy that no one remembers. Brun, brown haired guy who played bass. Oh, I I didn't even remember. <laughs> Bros Proving your point. point. Yeah. I, I've always thought it was the Bros. Yeah. Uh, the name wasn't Bros and another guy. No. It was just Bros. You know what they kind of looked like? Effeminate, the Bee Gees? Effeminate. Hang on, but the Bee Gees are a band that what? were all brothers. Oh, uh, yeah. But they didn't look similar. Well, they one like was different... kind of good looking and one was really ugly. Right. But that's what I, I'm imagining with my uh, Justin Timberlake band as well, that one of them will be a bit wrong. 
Yeah, one of them will be like Doug Pitt. Didn't yeah, come yeah. out quite it's right. It's got to be the, It's got to be like all colors of the spectrum. Right. From improved versions of to like the most hideous versions of. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what would the tour be called? Um, versions of me. Oh, that's <laughs> too nice. literal. I don't mind that. No, that's good. I, I don't. I don't think you want to make it too challenging for the audience. <laughs> I feel like there's a certain demographic you'll be going after. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Bross had a song called When Will I Be Famous? That yeah. was their big hit, obviously. Did well, they have I'll a follow-up famous. single? Yeah, they had... Um, I owe you nothing. Nothing, <laughs> nothing at, at all. all. Yeah, and they had another one. But um, she went to see them. and I, Ironically, these days they could also release that one, which is, oh, I actually do owe you something now. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. It's been a lean couple of years, but I think we're being famous again, so it's going to be okay. <laughs> I remember her coming home and she was so blown away because they came out on harnesses and were doing somersaults on the stage. Hang on, what? That was how Bross entered the stage, on harnesses, doing like somersaults and stuff. Is that for right? For no apparent reason. It's well, not like they're- Like for a pink reason, like for a show. Yeah, like, but- They were the original Cirque du Soleil. No, but- Are you saying that Bross invented Cirque du Soleil? Yeah, exactly I think what that's I'm what saying. you're saying. <laughs> Bross du Soleil. <laughs> That'd be great if you found out that the reason Bross never released any other songs is they invented Cirque du Soleil and they've just been sitting on these. Because isn't there a Bob Geldof one of those? Like Bob Geldof, the reason that Bob Geldof doesn't really need to make money anymore is because like, if you think about Bob Geldof, like Boomtown Rats weren't that Huge. big a band. And then like, he worked for charity, so he's not right. money from that. So people are like, why is Bob Geldof just so independently wealthy? That would be like Ray from Thirsty Merck suddenly being independently wealthy. But he's like a big TV producer and stuff as well, Bob Geldof. I believe he owns part of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Really? Or one of those big shows. Really? But yeah. So he's like sitting sweet on his Who Wants to Be a Millionaire dollars. How do you know that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just one, of those, <laughs> just one of those things that you know. Juice bottle lid or something? Yeah. It was like the other day I was, somebody got really angry at me because like, you know, when you pass on some new bit of knowledge, like Mm. mostly normally for me from a juice bottle lid or a beer cap or some other thing that has some bit of trivia on it. Mm. And for me, um, it was uh, that, you know, when your hands go wrinkling in the pool? Yes. uh, That's so you can grip things? Yeah. I read that one too. (laughs) (laughs) And did you have the thought, my God, like the mutation is beginning. All right. It's X-Men. I was like slightly X-Men. Yeah. We're um, kind of like not quite X-Men, like lowercase X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then I was telling someone that when they were in the pool the other day and they didn't believe me. Well, but wasn't that just a case of go to Google? Isn't that like- Oh, no, I did. I looked it up on the internet and then it was like, here's, here's some science. I'll read it to you. Um, I brought something in. Yeah, great. Because I thought this is good to discuss because I've read this already and there are some shocks in it, Will. There are some things I was astounded by. Okay. This is a poll by Rolling Stone on the 10 best action movies of all time. So this is reader voted, right? Now, should we just go it's, through it's it? It's a poll. Yeah, it's a poll. Top okay. 10 action films of all time. All right? So just off the top of your head, give me three films that you think will be in this list. Die Hard. That's an action film, right? Yep. Um, probably the original Mission Impossible, I imagine, is probably in the list. Um does speed count as an action film? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think speed would definitely be on that list. That's three. Okay. Um, okay. Um, that, 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 yeah, okay. That's just three off the yeah. top of my head. One of those is in there. And the one you have picked comes in at number 10. Die Hard. By this point in the Die Hard series, it's basically a superhero named John McClane who's impervious to death. He can take down a flying helicopter by ramming a car into it 
or face down 20 men with machine guns and walk away with barely a scratch. But back in the original 88 movie, he was merely a New York cop trying to visit uh, try, trying to visit his wife in Los Angeles when terrorists take over her office building. He bleeds. His feet hurt. He seems like a real person that just happens to find himself in an extraordinary situation. Every aspect of this movie is perfectly constructed, I agree. The screenplay has been hailed as a masterpiece, and most every action movie director that made a film after that owes a debt of gratitude to John McTiernan. Now, I agree with everything. I just imagined it would be in the top five. Top ten, right? Number nine. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Okay. Oh, yeah, that, that would have been in my list. That would have been... Both those films would have been top, top five, five for me. Top five for me, yeah. Coming in at number eight, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Action film? Hmm. What would, how else would you categorise it? Um, yeah, action adventure. Like, but I think that's kind of different to action. Yeah. Like, but, you know, I guess it is technically an action film. Sure. Technically. Well, adventure yeah. film, I would say. An adventure film, yeah. yeah. Number seven. First Blood. That's a shocker for me because I would say that treads the line more as drama because it's really, it's not the second and third film are like shoot them up, blow them up, car chases, fist fights. The First Blood is kind of like a psychological drama about a Vietnam vet who gets so bullied in a small town that he has PTSD and goes into a rampage. It's not like, I mean, I think action film, I think kind of escapism. It's kind of like, yeah, blow things up. This is kind of like a disturbing film about a guy you know. Oh, yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. You know, I... I, I, Would you put that in your top 10? I wouldn't put it in action films. No. No. Or if you, If you... No, it wouldn't even make my top 10 action films, no. Yeah. If you're you're counting all these, which they clearly are. Yeah. Number six, I agree with, and I think it's accurately ranked, Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep. Number six. Doesn't hold up quite as well as you'd hope, but... No, no. I've rewatched the Lethal Weapon series recently, and uh, they do not hold... Not at all? They were showing them on Foxtel or whatever, so I watched all four. And because I was such a fan, like, of all those films, like, even though... A bit like the Die Hard films, Mm. where it took me until, like, the last one, really, to really go... I'm done. Come on. I'm done. No, I'll go to the next one, whatever, but... But I have so much love for the character. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, okay. I'm okay with that. You know, Danny Glover was 41 when he played the... When he played the... What's a uh, Murtar. Right. Hang on. 41. So, How old are you? Well, I'm about to turn 41. <laughs> and you know what? Are you getting too old I for this I am getting shit? too old for this shit. <laughs> am I your young, crazy partner? I'm already too old for this Fuck, shit. Fuck, that fucking t-shirt. Charlie, was... I am only three days from podcast retirement. <laughs> <laughs> you are not going to take me down this conversation. We're doing a podcast. And then a whole bunch of homophobia and racism. Yeah, that's Because right. that's the bit that, like, there are so, like, the, the action and all that stuff and the humor, a lot of the yeah. humor stands up and then it, there's just so much homophobia, misogyny so and funny. racism when, in those films. Like, when you watch Mel Gibson in the 80s, a lot of his films, he will play gay. Like, he'll act all, like, oh, effeminate yeah, yeah. and fey. Uh-huh. And I remember going, Because it's hilarious. Ah, that's so funny. <laughs> and then you find out what a fucking ridiculous homophobia he is. And you're like, oh, my right. God. That's like a hate crime. Oh, well, that's, I think that's the, the problem with these films is like normally you go, oh, well, that's what the humour was like in the 80s. But yeah. because Mel Gibson turned out yeah, to be such a that, horrible person. Oh, no, it's not like, the fact that it's the 80s. Oh, these are all Mel's improv lines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't even know the cameras were rolling. He was just no. talking to the makeup guy. <laughs> okay, so I think that's accurately ranked. This one I actually didn't even think of, and it's very right. But I think you may argue... The genre. Okay, let me guess. Give me a give me a sense. Give me a few clue. Uh, um, I would say redefined its genre of films in the late nineties. Set a new benchmark that a lot of people imitated. The Matrix. Yes. Okay. Now, sci-fi. Sci-fi. It's a sci-fi film. I would say. 
But I mean, it's got action, action in it. In it but is... you essentially, the way they're defining this is any movie that has action in it. I think what is Thelma and Louise an I think action what, film? I think what this uh, poll is proving is that <laughs> Rolling Stone readers don't know what an action film is. <laughs> this is a bit like the Hottest One Hundred. Right. Like that's the problem. Why like, have you voted Taylor Swift into yeah. this? She wasn't even played on this network. Taylor Swift is not an action film. Right. Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, she's third. Yeah, <laughs> Taylor Swift shaken off is third on this. <laughs> You've got to put this up before uh, Australia Day, so that joke's still relevant. Um, number four, again, now this is interesting. I would say it's also a sci-fi. It's definitely an action film. Everyone I know loves it. Uh, I'll give you a hint. I haven't got time to bleed. A Predator? Yeah. Okay. Sci-fi, right? Right. Sci-fi. I don't think it's, but it's action. They've got action in it. But again, well, like, they're very broad in the definition of action. Worth noting... A lot of these well, things no, are just movies that have it, action in it. No, but when you say their definition, it's not Rolling Stone. They just said, we're doing a reader's poll. Right, but they films. should have been more precise. No sci-fi. You can't I say. think this is a classic example of Rolling Stone's shoddy journalism <laughs> that led to that article having to be revoked. Which article? Did you not see that big scandal? No. That Rolling Stone did a big article uh, about... Uh, like a gang rape on one of the like in one of the fraternities on campus and it turned out that the story either the thing did happen and the girl is so traumatized that she doesn't remember everything completely accurately or maybe the thing did happen but she's projecting you know these other fantasies that aren't true or whatever or somebody m- made something up and and you know like Somebody wanted the article or whatever, but Rolling Stone published this article and it turns out that there was a whole bunch of like flaws with it and problems with it. Right. And then Rolling Stone had to come out and kind of retract the thing. Then there was like, an immense amount of data- debate on the internet about this idea of, I mean, this is terrible for women who do, who actually genuinely, because on college campuses in the US, the rates of rape are and sexual assault are through the roof. And so if this one case if say it wasn't true and mm. it was made up, then kind of undermines all these people who are like, you know, find it so hard to prove their cases even when they are true. So it was a big complex issue. So yeah. what I'm saying is Rolling Stone has shoddy journalism, Charlie, and this <laughs> poll proves it. <laughs> we should have spotted it in the their loose definition of what action is. They also have a loose definition of facts and accuracy and reporting. Research. Yeah. Okay. Hashtag yes all predators. Number three, I just think is a complete crock of shit. And okay. this is either a, a reflection. As in that it's not an action film no, or that entirely it's a shit an, film. Entirely an action film. Okay, give me competent a Competent action give me a film. It's a trilogy. The first of a trilogy starring a respected actor and Oscar winning writer. Uh, a respected actor and Oscar winning writer. Oh, okay. It's an a trilogy. Act- Actor who's a... Trilogy Oscar. with a fourth spin-off not starring this person. Okay, so... Uh, oh, so uh, the Bourne movie. The Bourne Identity, Supremacy, Ultimatum. Yeah. One of them. Identity, the first one. Yeah, the Bourne Identity. Which is the one that I think most people agree is the most lack- lacklustre. That was the one directed by Doug Lyman, who did, like, Go. Right. And uh, what's the film he's just done recently? It's made a lot of money. I can't remember. Um, but... The second one was where Paul Haggis... Not Paul Haggis. Who's the guy who did the fucking plane film, United 93? I can't remember the fucking director's name. Anyway, he... he... I, I enjoyed the idea that there is some Scottish director called Paul Haggis, though. <laughs> no. There's a screenwriter called Paul Haggis. Paul Haggis. But um, 
the set, the this director, he I can't remember his fucking name, but he's an acquired taste. He basically invented the fucking like handheld shaky cam. <laughs> like he does, he does all that like handheld kind of stuff. It drives people fucking. Nuts. Okay, sure. But you know, like the the born, Cloverfield or the. Hang on, it goes born identity, born supremacy, born fuck. What is it? Born in the USA. There's a third one. <laughs> born to be uh, wild. Born to be wild. That's the fifth born one. Born free. Born free. That was a really good one. <laughs> I'd love to see born free, where it's just Jason Bourne loses his memory in the Sahara and he gets released into the wild and just runs around breaking the necks of giraffes. I thought the with one with shaky in, cam. I thought the one in space, uh, the Star Trek crossover was the uh, when it jumped the shark, Bjorn Borg. I thought <laughs> Bjorn? Bjorn 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 Borg. <laughs> that's a terrible joke that's a reach uh, I don't agree with that because the first one most people agreed was kind of like pedestrian it was the right. second one that everyone loved I think it was a Bourne supremacy uh-huh. and then there's a Bourne what was that yeah but the Bourne okay but the Bourne movies are action movies and one of those but I would be, not start, one of those could be in my top 10 I'd be really? happy with, yeah I'd be happy with one really? in the top 10 I think they're pretty good action that's movies that's a controversial choice for me number two I love Matt Damon number, number two is just a mockery like it's a science fiction film but most people classify it as a horror film, really. In fact, Alien. Best, yes. Alien is an action Number film on this two. list. This is fucking bullshit. Let list. me remind you. This is one of the stupidest lists I've ever exactly. heard. You're making me mad. I told you. You're making me mad about a list. I told you. It's 2015 shocked. and I'm nearly the Will, same I age as fucking Danny Glover was I, I read in this. Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I read, I'm getting too old for this shit. I read this Rolling at 6.30 in the morning and it made me angry. It ruined my day. I, I, I'm angry. I, why have you made me angry? Because I had to share my Don't make me angry. Shock. You're not going to like Alien me Alien is angry. not an action film. It's not. Aliens, I would have accepted. Still a sci-fi, but it's filled with action. James Cameron, this is like a haunted, like a haunted house film. This is essentially a list of movies that sequels People were better. <laughs> Number one, I actually agree with as a top five pick. Okay, so... Die Hard's already off the table. Speed didn't make the list. Terminator 2's already been on the list. Yeah, Matrix. Uh, <clears throat> give which redefined action in, yep. in the way they like give, shoot. Uh, give me an era for this film. 80s. Oh, an 80s film? Yeah, like it's 80s action film. Yep. Early in I mean, the it's 80s. A, they are rebooting it this very year. They're rebooting this movie. Yeah. And it's an action movie yeah. from the 80s. The yeah. Karate Kid. Not... <laughs> They are, they're, not, they're not rebooting with a remake. I would love, by the way, that if that was... Uh, oh, they're not... As in, like, they're bringing the... It's, it's like... It's what they did with Star Trek. So they've, they've re-younged the, the cast. It's the further adventures of. So it's a reboot in the sense that, like, the hero is being played by a different younger actor. Okay. Like with Star Trek. Okay, you've got to tell me who it is. I, 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 don't, I can't... It's think one of, of your favourite actors. It's one of my favourite actors. Yes, you walked past him in Hollywood once, I believe. And Tom thought, Hardy. Yes. Oh, Mad Max. Yes. So Road Warrior so Mad, is number one. So the original one. Mad Max movie is the number no, one. The, the second one. Oh, the Road second Warrior. one. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Which I agree with because that film's yeah. fucking awesome and insane. So kind of surprised. Well, it kind of, it, it kind of makes me think that that's like from watching the uh, trailer for the new Mad Max film, mm. it makes me think that they're going back to that kind of, like a modern take on that sort of vibe, yes. right? I'm very excited for Fury Road. It looks 
right. fucking amazing. <laughs> like, it's like, funny. It's one of those trailers that you just watch. And, like, I, like at the start of watching it, I was like, oh, maybe this is too fucking Thunderdome. Yeah. You know, it's too campy. Everyone's so dressed up and it looks so good. Yeah, and yeah. then by the end of that two minutes, you're like, I'm just insane. like, what did yeah. I just fucking see? It's pretty amazing, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm a bit scared because, you know, good trailers can sometimes lead to... I just hope the whole movie is like that. Yeah. Just I just in, hope that It should just be insanity from start to finish because if you... I actually watched Road Warrior recently. The thing about that film that is so fucking great is that every time there's a new character on screen or a new event, it's like, what the fuck? Like, right. it just gets freakier and Which is what you imagine that kind of world would be insane like. Insane world would be like. Yeah, yeah. And lots of car crashes. <laughs> just right. lots of real cars smashing into there. Just- I forgot that visceral like thrill of seeing, because we're so used to CGI when you right. actually see a car explode. You're like, holy shit. I love... Uh- Tom Hardy and I am quite a big fan of Charlize Theron so I just and I just it just looks fucking great yeah like it looks so spectacular it's like one of those movies you want to see on the biggest screen you can fucking find and just like soak it all in so I saw George yesterday did you really yeah sorry Um. yesterday He's just cool. down the beach. He must live around here. He must live. He, uh, I, say hello? I was just going for a walk. Are we like... You nod. We nodded. The nod. Yeah, but um, in but that, I, I wanted to give him a hug. I yeah. honestly wanted to go over and go, I've watched that fucking trailer yeah, so that, many times. So, it looks so fucking there's good. There's been so many massive trailers in the last like couple of months with like Avengers and What uh, did you think of the Avengers trailer? Um, I'm trying not to watch stuff. Oh, okay. Because I got a bit of an... Gatesy, our friend Gatesy, yeah. is not watching any trailers at all now. That's his new thing. I think I'm going to try and do that because I'm starting... But he won't do it at the movies. Justin was telling me that they went to the movies the other day and then Gatesy was like putting his fingers in his ears and talking. Oh, really? And I'm like, you're at the fucking movies. There's going to be trailers. Go in late if you don't want to watch yeah. the fucking trailers. But like a child. Yeah, that's like you're a fucking grown man. <laughs> you are older than fucking Danny Glover was in fucking <laughs> the first Lethal Weapon movie. Shout out to Gatesy. Uh yeah, I um, I'm just I reckon because it's such oh, a formula now. By the way, I, I told a story on um, getting uh, Doug with High, the you know yeah. Doug Benson's stoner TV showy thing that I did in the US. Um, Is there any press coverage on that uh, back here? I believe you I can get remember. a few clippings. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought there would be a picture of me on the fucking third page of a daily newspaper smoking a fucking pipe, but oh there you go. Um, Mum, Dad, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if you Marty McFly'd it, like sucking 15-year-old wheel, and the DeLorean arrives, opens up the fucking paper, and it's like, I'm smoking drugs in the paper. <laughs> fuck what the fuck went wrong? <laughs> what happened to my life? <laughs> anyway, so why was I telling you that story? Uh, you're on high with getting dug. Yeah, getting dug <laughs> with high. Getting dug on high. Getting dug with high. Uh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, but I was telling you a story for Not a specific before, reason. We were talking about. We were talking about uh, trailers. Yes, and uh, Gatesy and the new his fingers in his ears. The new Avengers the new movie. Avengers film. And, and I said, I want to stop watching trailers. Have you lost it? Fuck. Should we call Melissa? <laughs> The stenographer. That's why we need a stenographer for every episode. Please say you'll pay a hundred dollars for that book. <laughs> oh my god! It, it was one of these moments joy. that literally inspired the stenographer in the first place. I don't think we need to explain to regular listeners of this show how often we lose our train of thought. Right. 
Sometimes well, it's when that extra question comes along and then I forget why I was wandering off onto that side. Yeah. You know, well, what we were originally talking about is have you seen the Avengers trailers? Aren't trailers great? Right. That's and then you were saying you weren't watching trailers. I was saying, yeah, because I'm st- I, I've gotten excited over films on trailers and I get addicted and I rewatch right. it, like Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever. Or films that, some films have really good trailers. Like I thought Scott Pilgrim had an awesome trailer. Yep. But then I see the film and it's, I just, it's, it's like... Uh, I don't know. It's like having sex after masturbating to pornography. You're just like, oh, well, I wasted no, it. It's like having to watch a whole. Let's. It's not. I don't. I think you've gone too far with that. Oh, here's what I think it is. It's like what. <laughs> it's like having to watch the entire pornographic film that you've just seen the best three and a half minutes okay, of yeah, yeah. on a free site on the yeah, internet. Yeah, yeah. So basically what people, you're like, oh God, I have to pay yeah. to watch this entire tape where just I can the, watch the best bits yeah. of it That's for actually, free on the internet. Can you just fucking cut that bit out to make a sound? <laughs> I did go from, I just, I was the fucking scientist who fucking overshot the potential of the idea. I said, we can go here to the moon. And you're like, no, as the experienced comedian, I'm going to tell you just to tailor it back right. about 80%. <laughs> I admire your enthusiasm, kid. Yeah. You're on to the right... That uh, was a right writing meeting. Court. I just gave you some notes. That yeah. was fun. <laughs> I'm glad we're having all our meetings on air that, yeah. these days. So um, so you're not watching trailers? Well, no, I do. Because I just... Watch, I love trailers. I, me too. Often I, I like trailers more than the, the movies, galaxy. but but I don't But I don't have a problem with that because I'm then I'm like, well, at least I like the trailer. Yeah. Well, I don't know. See, Guardians of the Galaxy, I love the trailer, went and saw the film and liked the film, but also... I mean, there's a real formula now to kind of all those Marvel films. And they're great. Like, Captain America 2 was fucking excellent. Really great. But the beats, like, maybe it's because I'm writing so much at the moment and I'm like looking at a lot of scripts and stuff, but I'm just so hyper aware of the formula. It's kind of like, I don't know if I need all that stuff. Like, I find that there's a complaint a lot of people have about films these days and your buddy, Christopher Nolan, is often accused of it, of making things too complicated, like dense plots and subplots and twisting things. And I think it's kind of true. Like there's that I'm excited for films like Mad Max or Fury Road because it looks like a simple singular idea, which is, you know, uh, anti-hero goes into the desert and fucking has to destroy trucks or something like that. It's not like it, it won't be a case of, oh, there's a fucking perpetual energy motor that if we can just access the code, we've got to break this guy out of jail, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? I, I, I know what you mean, but I disagree with the Christopher Nolan thing. Like, I think that so few films have ambition that I would rather, like, I didn't, like, I've, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but Interstellar was my least favourite of any of his films. But that's still, I still liked it. I liked it a lot. But... It wasn't for me. I'm not a spacey guy and I got what he was trying to do. But I'd rather him swing for the fucking fences every yeah. time than 95% of the other movies yeah. that have no ambition, yeah. that are literally the formula. Yeah. Like the amount of times you watch things and you just go, oh my God, I can tell you exactly right yeah. now. Like if we stop this movie, I, I was thinking the other day of like doing a podcast where we just watch trailers mm. and then we guess what the fucking movie will be. Yeah. And then like we go and see the movie and see how accurate yeah, our guess yeah. of what the fucking movie would be yeah, is yeah. from the trailer. Because I think you could guess most movies. Yeah. I feel like I've seen The Hobbit. Yeah. I've not seen any of them, but I bet I could fucking run you through what happens. Mate, just spend any time on a message board on any kind of like film site and it's dudes will fucking like break it down that by the time you get to the 10th comment, some guy has completely accurately predicted where the plot's going to go because audiences are really sophisticated now. That Two of the films that I've seen, and I know you weren't a huge fan of Birdman, but Birdman... No, that's not. That's unfair to say. Oh. I'm just. I'm. 
I need to see it again. That's right. the thing that I keep saying is I need to see it again. Yeah. Like sometimes when you watch something, the f- I didn't like Fight Club the first time I saw it. You know, it's funny. And I have, I love Fight Club. I would say. But I did not enjoy it the first time I saw it at the I movies. feel about Birdman the way a lot of people feel about Fight Club. That's the exact comparison. Because all everyone I know has seen it and everyone has had the same kind of feeling where it's like it actually, re- regardless if they loved it or didn't like it, it's actually provoked our reaction. Yep. And I think that it's going to stand the test of time. It's just, I, I just thought it was incredible. And what I love about it, and what I was trying to say is there's two films, that and Boyhood, yeah. where they've been nominated for Oscars this year, where so, the filmmakers have done, tried to do something that hasn't been done before no, I in the literal, the physical execution of the film. Because right. Jeremy and I were watching it and I said, that's just up the game. Like they just told a linear narrative with the conceit of it being in one shot. So they've, Actually, it wasn't just an indie film where they go and film stuff. They gave themselves a technical challenge as well. No, I agree. And I think that's fascinating to watch. Mm. Like, I, I mean, I, I mean, that's something that in my own work I'm like really fascinated by, you know, doing things where you're op- like, you're going, well, I want the structure of this to reflect the narrative of this. Or, mm. you know, when I'm doing my improv shows, like on our, mm. my DVD, where you, you get the main opera house show, which is like my show I've been doing for nearly a year. And you get one of the nights where I completely improvise the show at the at the comics at the, at the comedy store in Sydney. And the reason for me doing those shows even is like you're just trying to break the way that you normally do things. Like you know, just shake it up, just try something new. Mm. And then you look at yeah, I mean, Boyhood is my Boyhood is one of those films that the more I think about it, the more I like it. And I fucking loved it when I walked out of the I've cinema seen it three times. I just. Amy didn't enjoy it that much, but yeah, right. I think it probably men respond to that movie better because there is something about the genuine representation of boyhood that I think that I know like, a lot of girls have like. Oh no, I agree. Like, I mean, it's you know, but I do think that especially for guys, especially for guys, yeah. there's probably that extra thing there, you know, and but for me, I just think it was a, an amazing work of art on so many different levels. Mm. Yeah, it was beautiful. It affected me in a way that films have not affected, like for ages. But I think that's the point, you know, and. Like filmmaking has gotten cheaper in a way in terms of like you know you can shoot something pretty amazing on a on a pretty cheap camera these days and so I think that the challenge is now up to the filmmaker. Okay, well you know you could make you could make Jaws now for fucking like you know a couple million dollars. So you have to do something else now with the technology. It's improved. So you could make Jaws light. in Australia like just have with the iPhone down at the beach. <laughs> yeah, these days, man. get down to Newcastle with your iPhone six and you can oh, make Jaws. Shit, did you see that video? Oh man, and like this country is fucked up with sharks at the moment. Yeah, like I know it's a joke when you're overseas that everything here will kill you, but yeah. at the moment everything here will kill you. <laughs> I had two friends in the same week. At Half work. the country's on fire, the other half's flooded. Two friends There's are- sharks fucking everywhere. Two friends in the same week found huntsmen very close to them or their children. Yeah, and literally, the most dead, the yeah. deadliest spider according to fucking. But also internet. one actual huntsman, <laughs> a guy in a hood with yeah. an axe, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of Australian women and men well, the who would love to find Chris Hemsworth. They could be a boy band, like the Hemsworth. So Chris is like the, the leader, but like Liam's the well, like... It, no, if they were new kids on the block, Liam is... No, Chris is Donnie because he's the bad boy kind of, you know, manly one. And who's the... Jordan would be Liam because Liam's like the pretty boy one. Do you think? Yeah. I would have thought it was the other way around. Nah. I think Chris is more broody than Liam. Okay, so Liam's your pretty boy and then Chris is your broody. Your broody. Okay. And then, and uh, then Luke, uh, is, Luke is well. He's your sort of like who's John, one of the, the others. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 
Jordan, Jordan and John were brothers. I'm pretty he's the sure. one who he's the one who like is the owns the Wahlburgers burger yeah. shop. <laughs> Is there? I, oh, so that's not Marky and Donnie. There's another Warburg. Yeah, it's uh, their brother, who like you know, who's like isn't in the showbiz, but he's got like the now he's got his reality show and he's like uh, in his burger shop, Warburgers. Mark Mark Wahlberg, when you consider what he's done in his career as a producer, he's like a, about, he's, he's a, the Bob Geldof he's, he's Hollywood won Oscars and shit. Like, hasn't he? As, as a, a producer, producer I yeah. believe. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought, Marky Mark? Hey, I'm no. the fighter. Have you loved? Have you been following this story about how he's trying to get his that his record like expunged? Expunged? Yeah. You did the fucking shit, mate. And you know what? Everything's worked out fine. Yeah, I know. What is worried about? It's not like you're having trouble applying for a passport. Your life is fucking golden. You live in a castle in the fucking clouds, and like you can't just go back. You did that shit, yeah. And you've also still got to have an awesome life, yeah. Fucking deal with it. And also, everyone had forgotten until you came up with this stupid thing. Anyway, that's actually one of the themes of Birdman that I loved because the idea is that this guy who's an action star 25 years ago is mounting this Broadway play because he's trying to recapture some of that stardom. And the whole film I felt, I don't know if you felt differently, it was about ego. Like he's constantly sort of being confronted with the fact that he's not important. Right. And people, you know, he's he's time in the limelight. And I 100%. Which I think is something also as performers probably. Yeah. In the same way as boyhood probably resonates a little more sharply with men. I think as a performer, like, I mean, it's like the when fear I... fear of being irrelevant. Right. But also, I loved Inside uh, Mate, Lewin Davis. Industry, you have right? like 19-year-old, 20-year-olds coming out every year who say shit that is so funny and fucking out there and stuff. Like, I mean... It's a it's a very visible threat in your profession. I know, and fucking, I'm still fucking this, ruling, this so fucking, I must be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's guys on YouTube who make fucking short films no, that I are agree. better than fucking anything that you'll I see know. in Hollywood, and it's like I'm fucking almost forty. Oh. I'm still trying to get my foot in the door. Half, These fucking guys. Half are like my favorite 19. podcasts are by people who are not professional entertainers. Mm. You know, like I do this podcast, but there are podcasts that I, you know, love, and I'm like, oh, these are just guys just doing this shit. You're talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about you, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, in brackets, not a professional entertainer. <laughs> No, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. And, yeah, the capacity to get your shit out there these days. Yeah. Like, you know, just Twitter and those sort of things, like where you can find these people and see these people and they can become stars, you know, really immediately. It's Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's just, it's also, if you... Th- but anyway, the point is that I was saying that's why I loved in, Inside Lewin Davis a lot because as a performer, it spoke to me that. also in a way that it probably didn't speak to other people. Mm. And I think that Birdman definitely... There's definitely an element of that that where you're like, well, that's a fear that I have all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, I just recorded my DVD at the fucking Sydney Opera House in the concert hall. Mm. What if that's, what if that was it? It. Like that was not it necessarily, but what if that was the best it ever is? Yeah. It could be. Yeah. I mean, I'm fucking nearly 41. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> You know, the, uh, so I do respond to that idea. Yeah. I, I think it's lucky. I mean, when you're a kid, when you're young yeah. as a performer, mm. you think there'd be nothing better than doing something awesome and being really, really famous for it. But I must admit, and I don't know any other life, so I'm only going from what I know. But one of the things that I've really enjoyed is like, I've always done fine. But I never had that thing that, like, that catchphrase that everybody was saying, or that moment where you're, uh, yeah. Bec- so well, I've never you had no Bartman, right? And I've never had a Bartman, 
And so it's... I've Will, never, in brackets, never had a Bartman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but when when you get older, you realise that never having a Bartman is a fucking blessing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I've never had a Bartman. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I have managed to work in, you know, whatever capacity I have as a writer or an actor or producer. Right. Never really had to get a real job. Never fucking excelled or had, yeah. like... Never a had a Bartman. Man. Never, never had a Bartman. Why is that not an expression like <laughs> jumping the shark? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you, that is something people could say. Yeah. We, could, we should try to get Mike that... Mike Wahlberg did Boogie Nights, had a Bartman. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Ironically, Michael Keaton had a Batman, which was his Bartman. <laughs> Michael Keaton's Bartman was Batman. <laughs> You know, and for Christian Bale, really, Batman Begins around Batman Begins. And ironically, probably for Michael Keaton, his Birdman will also be his Batman. <laughs> He'll have had two Batmans. Mm, He'll be the first person to do the double Batman. No, John Travolta did the double Batman. Yep. John Travolta had oh, his... Bruce Willis has done like fucking six Batmans. No, Bruce, Bruce was like been on miss. the nose a lots of times. Yeah, but he's just hit and miss. That's what Bruce is. Like, no, I reckon like... Bruce had a diehard Bartman. I reckon he had a Pulp Fiction Bartman. I reckon he had a Sixth Sense Bartman. No, I reckon doing a Bartman is like where you're like so <laughs> mess. Like fucking Bross did a Bartman. Okay, right. Oh, so it's gonna be one hit. Well, it doesn't have to be one hit, but it has to be that thing that lingers over the rest of your career forever. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it was in Die Hard was his Bartman then. Yeah, but Bruce is so big enough in other things that it's never been the noose around his neck. <laughs> really? Isn't he always John McClane? Isn't that what we love about him? Yeah, but him? that's what. Yeah, Harrison I... Ford had a Bartman. Yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe. But I want I want examples of people who had a proper fucking Bartman and then like okay. didn't like you know, proper Bartman um, would be like Steve Gutenberg. Right, Steve Gutenberg had, had a Bartman Bart with Police yeah. Academy. Uh, yeah, those people who have a fucking moment. Ryan Reynolds had a Bartman. <laughs> yeah, but he's not. Is what's he instantly definable? Bart? Right. In fact, he oh, I guess he, Van Wilder. Okay, maybe Keanu Reeves had a Bartman. Keanu's probably had a he's couple, had a couple of, of Bartmans. Yeah. <laughs> Bill and Ted's and how many Bartmans have you had? So Chris Hemsworth's had a Bartman, Thor. Yeah, okay, that was definitely his Bartman. Um, Robert Downey Jr., probably two Bartmans. No, I, I, he's only had one Bartman, interestingly, even though he did like Chaplin and all that kind of stuff. Well, who's one of those actors that does a role and then forever they can't play anything else without Christopher you? Reeve. Okay, yeah, Christopher Reeve definitely had a Bartman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. I work. Uh, right, uh, uh, yeah. If that is not in one of those articles at the end of 2015 about phrases that are now in the English language that weren't at the start of the year, doing the Bartman, having a Bartman. Having a Bartman. Yeah. A phenomenon that defines the rest of your career no right. matter what you do. In yeah. a lot of, but it doesn't have to be just entertainment. Monica Lewinsky had a Bartman. Right. <laughs> All over her dress. Right, but that is... Yeah, it, exactly. She had a bar... Stephen Bradbury had a Batman. Is it kind of like pulling a homer? Pulling a homer. It's a little like pulling a homer. <laughs> no, it's not really. Right. Because pulling a homer is making an idiot of yourself and becoming... Right. Like yeah, that's viral, true. If you have a viral video about you walking into a glass door, you pull right. a homer. Then, yeah, exactly. Matt but Greeny, this is like... Give us a call. We've got yeah. a different episode. <laughs> Reviving one of your old favourites. Right. Yeah, but you're yeah, pulling a Batman. I mean, it's an old reference for us. Having to a Batman. Having a Batman, sorry. Yeah. Pulling a Homer. <laughs> having a Batman. <laughs> I, um, I, I am excited about that Mad Max film, though. Yes. I must admit. Like, I, Which I, was Mel Gibson's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's had a couple of no, Batmans. Yeah, he actually has a yeah. couple. Because if you also translate into, like, 
his personal life. He had an he had an, a black Bart man. What's a, a, a <laughs> oh, yeah. negative Bart man? That is a good point. Bizarre man. Right. That is his. That is his modern day Bart man. Yeah. That's his non entertainment. No, but has, it Bart can't man. be a Bart man because a Bart man is like it's it's got to be an evil Bart man. If you have like something occur that sort of creates an evil image that hangs over your head, it's got to be like a reverse Bart man. Oh, he's poor Blart man. <laughs> Doesn't quite make sense, no. but it sounds funny. <laughs> Bizarre man. Bizarre man. Oh yeah, Bizarre man's great. Bizarre man. Yeah, it's okay. the bizarro version of what you want to have. No, that's a really good. You yeah, know, yeah, that's that's much yeah. better. Anthony Weiner had a Bizarre man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Char- I guess. That, that, I mean, is that not like? I guess Charlie Sheen had a Bizarre man. Kramer had a Bizarre man. Yeah, yeah, but don't you think that Anthony Weiner thing, like that? I guess that was almost destined okay, destined sorry, to happen, yeah. right? What do you mean? The Wiener thing, like his name was Wiener, because it was so you obvious. You mean nominative determinism? What does that mean? Where your, your name, name determines? <laughs> right? Well, yeah. But like every comedy show that made fun of him, they all stepped over it because it's like, because I mean, what are you going to do? His name's Wiener. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it was just like that. That's determinism, right? Right. Well, we haven't talked about that, this guy for a while, but we have mentioned him in the early days of Tofot, which was uh, the former New South Wales uh, government member whose name was Richard Face, but chose to call himself Dick. Dick Face. He was in, he was in politics, and his name was Dick Face. Did you see the, um, when they read out the Oscars, and there's a cinematographer, a British cinematographer, whose name is Dick Pope, and he was pronounced Dick Poop. I mean, they're both funny. That's the great thing about that. Dick Poop is funny, but Dick Pope is also funny. <laughs> I mean, like, that used to be a game at the Vatican. Anyone up for a little game of Dick Pope? Or the it's kind of like Marco Polo, but yeah. I'm not going to have any pants on. Yeah. Dick Pope? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no dick for the Pope. Show us where, show us on your dick where the Pope touched you. Hang on. <laughs> show us on the Pope where your dick. No, not no. this Pope. Not this Pope. This no. Pope's fucking rock and roll. This right. Pope's fucking throb devil horns at the fucking lighters, man. At Pope of, Pope of, Pope of, Pope of I can't say. He's the people's Pope. Pope Palooza. He's awesome. He's the most. He Ill- never stops fucking kicking goals. He's the Pope's champion. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most electrifying force in if both religion out, and entertainment. If, if it comes out. That a kind of Ari Gold esque PR manager is uh-huh. behind it. Yep. Are you still cool with it? Because it sounds like someone who's in his ear is getting him to say the right things. Good. Yes. So it's not a bad thing. <laughs> but if, if the Vatican is paying a PR company, does that invalidate what the Pope is saying? Because no. He's, well, because he's, he's, direct, because he's, he's got, got some... a direct phone to God. Right. He doesn't need a PR company. Yeah, uh, firstly. Unless God has okay. hired the PR company as well. Right. So that's this... a great idea for a fucking show. Maybe the PR company are angels have been sent by God as agents to kind of get the Pope. Should we not talk about this on air? <laughs> I like this idea. It is a good idea. No, no, we talk about it on air because then we own, oh, okay, then cool. we're like, we thought about it first. That's a good idea. Yes. Anyway. So, um, the but I agree because if the Pope, so if it came out that the Pope's hired a PR agency, Ari Gold, right? Ari Gold, right? Totally fine with me. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, if you believe in the idea of Pope, you believe he's the only person who can talk directly to God, right? Yeah. So if he's hiring a PR agency, you imagine it's because of a message from God. Or if you're like a person like me who doesn't believe in you know that kind of so manifestation God- of God, then... It doesn't matter either way because he wants to do nice things and he's hired like a company that's telling the him to do has, nice things. The good has found him. Right. Yeah, right. So either way, I think it's great. Even if they're paying the PR company? Okay, well, why? You're allowed to pay people to help you be better. 
And so buy a book. $10 unsigned, $15 signed. Six steps to you being Pope. That'll be in the back. We'll just put that. That'll be an extra thing that we just write in. in how to be Pope in six. six the, no. How to lose a Pope in 16 days. No, it'll be the, no, it'll be the four hour Pope. How to be a Pope in four hours a week. That's right. The three minute Pope workout. Just crossing yourself. All right, guys, looking good. Swing the incense. <laughs> no, I like this Pope. He seems cool. And he's South American too, right? Like he's, uh, is he from Chile? No, where's he from? I don't know. I think he's South American. So, yeah, I think so he's So I can South imagine America. he's kind of like a bit like Antonio Banderas. And he's like, hey, man, fucking gay people should be out to worship God. And yeah, no, that's Italian. I can't do South American. Like, hang on. You know, he's saying more like that's Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a pop. He talks like this. He's like, you know, I, uh, gay people should be out to marry. <laughs> Because he's, he's also Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> That's a great He's thing. very quick. <laughs> you see him zipping around the Vatican. Andale, andale. <laughs> I would love if it came out. All he's right, the, well, what do you think the Pope sounds he's like? The pope, he... He's the Pope by day, but he's like the Flash at night. He's got super speed and he's just going around the Vatican. So I'll find out where the Pope's from. You give me your best <laughs> version of that accent. Yeah, okay, sure. I'm happy to do that. You look it up. The Can you put on the uh, Google searching music? Uh yeah, you got it. That's not it. That's Spanish flea. The Pope. Where is the Pope from? Where is the Pope from? It'll be the second most popular after Who Let the Popes Out. <laughs> the new Pope is from where? That's an yeah. odd structured sentence. Yeah. He's Argentinian. Argent- Give me your best Argentinian. So what what's is- okay? So Argentina. Oh, no, hang on. Sorry, no. That's I just read Buenos Aires. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's where he's born. Okay. Open the Wikipedia entry. Da, 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 da. Where's he born? Buenos Aires. He is Argentinian. Is that what you say? Argentinian. 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 I believe. Argentinian. So he'd be like. Uh... No Sorry, Will's getting into character. <laughs> this is getting into character for the Argentinian pub. <laughs> Already wrong. Wrong. <laughs> so he's the Fonz from Italy. I uh, I follow the work of Jesus. <laughs> you can only do one foreign accent. And it's kind of vaguely Middle Eastern. You sound a bit like in the... But also a little French. Yeah, now you sound like, you know, episode one, the Star Wars prequel with little Anakin. Yeah. And he's kept a slave by that flying kind of insect guy who's like a kind of anti-Semitic portrayal. (laughs) He's got that big nose and he's flying around. Yeah, I voiced that character. I voiced that character. It's my my one IMDb credit. (laughs) Uh, He's a good poet. He should be in the new Star Wars. Imagine that. Like, like a little, uh, that, that that's how cool he becomes. Yeah, that he like becomes a bit like Bono, yeah, and then yeah. suddenly he's just making cameos and shit. Yeah. So what would the new Pope do? In, uh, so it'd be like it couldn't be in it live because it's in a it galaxy be a cameo, far, far right? away in a long time ago. Yeah, it'd be a cameo. But so, he, you'd make him a dignitary, I reckon. Like they have to consult. So, oh, so he's a he's a, he's an old Jedi or something. Yes. Yeah. No, he'd be more of a. I reckon he'd be a pacifist, like Je- a Jedi who has given up the saber. Jedish. <laughs> he'd be Jedish. He'd have a new order called the Jedish, who are Jedis who don't want to fight with the yeah. sword. So you believe in all, you're like. It's uh, kind of like saying you're a vegetarian, but you eat fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Jedish. Are, are you a. 
well, I can yeah, do all the shit. I can move things with my mind. Well, like, you know, there's a few Jewish people that I know who are like culturally Jewish. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they don't actually believe in God, but they go to Shabbos or like, you know, Shabbat, Shabbos, whatever. I don't know. Well, yeah, they have the Shabum, Shabum. The Friday night dinner with their parents and they observe sort of Jewish traditions, but they don't actually believe they're culturally Jewish. So yeah. that's. I think there's a lot of uh, Christians and Jews and, and Muslims like that. Right. So who, we could be. we. So these are Jeddish. These are people who are like, you know, they believe po- in. Not pop they committed. believe in Jedis, but they're not going to like the Jedi no, but place Jedi, every weekend. No, I think so if, you're, if you're Jedish, you still have the ability to like move objects, like the telekinesis and you know the force power and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you choose not to use your saber. Right. That is what makes you Jedish. Yeah, I'm Jedish. Yeah. Yeah. Or a Jed- I won't eat fish on the weekend. So I'm just <laughs> I'm Jedish. <laughs> How long have we been going? Uh, okay. Well, oh, I love that. It, like. <laughs> there was no more in left, left, left in that riff. No, I just <laughs> I actually I'm just busting. The, I can take a oh. we can take a break. Okay, no, we're just on an hour, so we could just finish up on that. Yeah, because I need to go. That's okay. We'll, we'll do another bathroom one. break and we'll do another one, which is no good when we release this because for us it's going to be just in a second. We're going to do a second one, but for you guys it'll probably be what a week. <sighs> if I don't know. Oh really? I don't know how. When I, I get time, man. I don't know how I do this podcast, Charlie. Really? I just release them when I feel like it. When, why don't you hire an assistant, like a robot, that can do it for you? Oh, well, when they invent those like robots, if there was a I will Roomba. be first in charge of destroying them for taking <laughs> over. Can I, I hire a human rather than a robot? No, you should hire a robot. Because our podcast doesn't make any money, Charlie, because we hire stenographers <laughs> at outrageous costs for no reward. Here's how it goes down. You hire like a Roomba-style robot, and yeah. its only job... A Roomba one? A Roomba. One that like, teaches it, me it, it moves, like aerobics? No, Roomba. You know those Roomba, those things that go across the... The floor, oh, okay. a, it looks like yeah, okay. that. Like so it's not, va- it's a vacuum. It's not humanoid. Right. It's just like a thing. And That's you worse. Just, you just put the no, I don't like that. memory That's card. Worse. We record an episode, you put yeah. the memory card in it and it just goes over, loads it to your computer, uploads it, writes a funny, witty little description, blah, 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 blah. Goes onto Facebook, writes a pithy comment like, oh, like, you, you know, look guys, here we are. You know, um, and then uploads all that, it goes to your Twitter. So all you have to do is record the podcast, right? Yeah. And this is what happens. So you leave the robot. And it goes in and it looks in, it says microphones and it rolls in and with its little like probe, it comes out, picks up a microphone and another probe presses record and it starts recording. <laughs> Why does it have that voice? Why is it I so technologically fits, but still has such an old school fucking voice? We spent all the money on that probe. <laughs> Do you know how much artificial intelligence costs? <laughs> I don't think you guys should release the book. <laughs> I have done the calculations. You will lose. $12 million. <laughs> Adam Spencer is now playing chess with me online. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Uh, well, when that robot is invented, I will actually purchase that and that will help me because that would be handy for the podcast. Hey, uh, I've got some uh, dates. My free world tour is on sale, Adelaide, uh, Brisbane and Melbourne. Uh, but also uh, for the US listeners, um, there's a couple of big things that I need to mention. Uh, firstly, I'll be at the San Francisco Sketch Fest doing a bunch of shows like Set List. Uh, I'm also on a show with uh, Daniel Sloss and Matt Kirshen, who are mm. both uh, regulars on Fofop. Uh, and also February 9 at uh, Nerd Melt, the 200th episode of Fofop, uh, the live episode, <laughs> The Fofengers. It's so fucking weird that you have, you started Fofop two years after we started Tofop, right. and you're just about to lap it. Well, we won't be quite at 200 when we record it because I know that it takes me months to get the recorded version out in the internet. So I've given myself a bit of a lag. That's such a fucking cool fact for like hardcore teabaggers. It's like, you know, the 200th episode of Fofop wasn't actually the 200th episode. In fact, we'll record it like earlier. Episode 186. Yeah. You should leave some Easter eggs in it for the hardcore fans so they know like... 
dudes get a livestock research in this place, <laughs> I'd like to think there's lots of things like that in this podcast. Um, anyway, so uh, February 9 uh, at Nerd Melt. Uh, it's a free show, but there's a link. If you go to the link and like book, just so that we know. Yeah, basically, if you're on the list, your first in best dress, they'll still you'll still be able to get tickets at the door, or whatever for the people that don't come. Or you know, I'm sure we won't sell out, but cool, that'd man. be cool. Uh, it's a, it's an awesome lineup. Dave Anthony. Uh, so I don't know if you've heard this. So Fosdyke's doing a t-shirt and a poster for us. Yeah. It's the Faux Fengers show, right? Yeah. So I'm Captain Australia, and now I'm going to get you to guess. Who the the rest of the people? So I'm going to tell you who the comedians are, and you yeah. have to guess who out of the Avengers that Fosdog's drawing the meat chats, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you an easy one first. Dave Anthony, Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've nailed that. Yeah. Uh, Jen Kirkman's pretty easy as well. Black Widow. Black Widow. Okay, yeah. right. Now they might get a slightly more difficult. So uh, Daniel yeah. Sloss. Do you, you, I don't know if you've met Daniel before. Yeah. He's kind of blonde. He's good looking. That's probably too much of a clue. Thor. Thor. Yeah. And Sloss, I was going to say, sort of sounds like it's kind of like. Oh, yeah. There'd be some Scandinavian, Scandinavian or something. In there, yeah. You know, in there somewhere. Yeah. And so it's down to Hawkeye and so, Iron Man. Yeah. So Matt Kirshen. I would say because he's kind of an intellectual kind of dude. He could be a billionaire, billionaire genius, playboy, philanthropist. Yep. 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 Which means, um, I don't know, that would make Gareth Spider-Man? <laughs> if we could get the rights. But unfortunately, it's still owned by a different company, so no horror. <laughs> now, that's going to be cool. I'm very jealous. Yeah, and so there's that. And then uh, I think on the 16th or whatever the Monday is uh, of February, Dave Anthony and I will be at the Steve Allen Theatre trialling our Melbourne shows. So, oh, cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that'll be fucking really definitely fun. go to that. Yeah, that'll be really cool. So that is the show that I'm currently writing. All right. So anyway, I have to go to the bathroom as well. Okay. Uh, so we probably should. Race so we door. probably should sign off. Uh, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>